that you're supposed to walk this earth by yourself. That you're supposed to go ahead and get your accolades, your goals, your ambitions, all by your great, beautiful self. But King Nebuchadnezzar found out something that you and I both find out, that that is not true. That there is a God that is on the throne and he is still reigning. And we give him praises each and every day. I can identify with King Nebuchadnezzar because that sounds very similar to me. I feel the excitement in this verse, the tone in this verse, because it reminds me when I first got saved. How great is he is. For the world had taught me, I don't know about you, but the world taught me that, Tony, you need to go out here and you can be this great NFL player, and if that don't work, you can go ahead and be a doctor. But then when all that stuff fell, I don't have the world coming to my need and to my rescue. So when I did not achieve those goals that I set out for myself, oh, behold, there was a God who caught me in the midst of my storm, in the midst of my depression, in the midst of my unknowing. So that's why I have in my spirit, and that's why I can agree with King Nebuchadnezzar as we will find out, God, you reign. And your dominion reigns forever, from generation to generations to come. Good morning, Soma. We are in the book of Daniel, to where we are finding out how good God is. How, how everything may transpire, God is in control. We find out, as a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, we've been doing this thing for like three weeks now, all right? But then... I somewhat have a confusion with the text here, with King Nebuchadnezzar praising God, because didn't your man's last week, as we were studying, had thrown somebody in the fiery furnace? <laughs> Just last week, your man's threw the Hebrew boys in the fire, as we learned. Now, in this chapter, he is praising God. Ain't that something? That is something to me, and it's something that we need to realize. But here's what I do realize. That king must have had an encounter with God. He must have had an encounter with God because I know when we as believers have an encounter with God, our life has changed forever. And we have to tell everybody about it. So we are changed. We talk different. Hey, we walk different. huh? We praise them a little bit different. For now we know what we know, and we know that he's on the throne. But, just to get a recap, King Nebuchadnezzar wasn't always praising God. Matter of fact, he was, man, like, he was the man. He had a God complex. You know how it is. You know when we start feeling ourselves. My grandma used to say, you're smelling yourself, boy. You know how it is when we meet our accolades, we meet our goals. We get in that supervised position. We're making six figures. Man, you can't tell us nothing. And you think, man, I always got to pat myself on the back. Look at me. I am doing something great. King Nebuchadnezzar was the exact same way. You see, the reason how King Nebuchadnezzar got into his position 
is because of the people of God. In the Old Testament, they would do, Lord, we love you. Yes, yes, Lord. And then the next moment, they say, God, I don't even know you. They go back and say, yes, yes, Lord. Amen. God, who is God? And God got tired of going back and forth. So he rose up King Nebuchadnezzar to take over the people of God, to conquer them. Still in chapter 1. So as he conquered them, of course, when you conquer something, you want to take over everything. Anything that's not like yours, you want to make sure you take over that. So just so happened there was four Hebrew boys. And for the sake of time, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were selected. But Daniel said, hey, I know you want me in the kingdom, in the royal, what Daniel said, but I know you want the king, the king had wanted him in, the, in, in, in his royal court. And he wanted to eat his food. But Daniel said, no, nah, I'm not going to eat your food. Matter of fact, let's give us 10 days. I'm going to eat veggies and water. And you have other people that can eat all your food. And after the 10 days, they found that Daniel, Daniel and the three Hebrew boys were way better, 10 times better than the one that was eating the king's food. So that's the first sign King Nebuchadnezzar saw what God can do, but he still didn't recognize because he still was high and mighty. Because look at all the stuff I have done. I have conquered. There was no one on the earth was like King Nebuchadnezzar. He conquered everything. And then we slide on to chapter 2, to where we found out that he had a dream. And he had a dream of this statue built of all these metals. And his head was made of gold, so you know his head was real, real swole. But he had a dream. <laughs> he had a dream that said, well, pretty much he had a dream, but he didn't understand the dream. He didn't know what it was. I know this big statue, but what does it mean? But in all his might, he said, you know what? I'm going to call the wise man, but I want them to tell him a dream. If they don't tell him the dream, I'm going to kill everyone the last one of y'all. And I'm not going to tell you what the dream is, but I want you to interpret it for me. So the rule was that if you can't tell me the dream and interpret the dream, I'm going to kill you. Well, that's where Daniel came in at. Daniel was given a gift where he can read vision and stuff like that. Right? So Daniel came in. Not only did he tell him what his dream was without knowing it, but he also interpreted it for him. So there it was, chapter 2. Now we're going into new chapter 3, to where King Nebuchadnezzar, short reason, trying to go fast, King Nebuchadnezzar thought, I don't know what he was thinking, but he saw the dream. I guess he thought the dream was him, and he made a gold, so he made this whole big statue of him. And when the music played, if you didn't bow down to that statue, you're going to be thrown in that fire. Fire. Okay? <laughs> and so we're in chapter 3. Well, I told you before, he, you know, the Hebrew boys did not honor him. They're not, they're not going to bow down to him. So they're going to serve no other God but God himself, the true God. And so now they threw him in the fire, Hebrew boys. It did not work. So now we're back to chapter 4 now. Now he's praising God, and now we're going to read about he just had a second dream. So all of that in the span, you know, he reigned for 43 years, but it happened first in the second year. You know, he had his little thing with the, the boys, Hebrew boys, and then his statue, his dreams. And then we don't know how long it did he was when he was reigning when he was in the third, third chapter. But here we in verse 
chapter 4. And it reads here. <clears throat> I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. I lay in my bed, the fancies and the vision of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might know me, the interpret, not know to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the musicians, the enchanters, charlatans, and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. We'll start there for a few minutes. Isn't it amazing that if something's going on in our life, the last person that we ask is God? We'll talk to mama them. We'll talk to daddy them, all thems, uncles, cousins, all of them, before we even ask God, who is or what's going on in my life and what I need to do? It just amazes me how much this story aligns with how we are as people. We are talk. And so as we move on, in verse 8, it said, at last Daniel came. Don't God always come on time? At last Daniel came in before me. He was named uh, Belteshazzar, at the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the musicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too difficult for you. Tell me the visions of my dream that I saw in their interpretation. The vision of my head as I lay in bed were this. I saw and, I, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong and its top reached to heaven and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. His leaves were beautiful and his fruit abundant, and it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the vision of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves, and scatter its fruit. Let the beast flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of that time pass over. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and give it to whom he will and sets over it the lowest of men. If I want to get out of point today, I would say my first point is we serve a sovereign God. We serve a supreme ruler. Roman 8 says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. 
The most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowest of men. We serve a sovereign God who is ruler over every single thing in you, in my life, forever and ever. I don't think I need to go any more deep than that <laughs> to explain it. The story is pretty much itself. But we have to get in our mind that no matter what we see, God is still reigning supreme. We got to get in our minds that even though we have an issue with Ukraine and Russia and all that stuff, that still does not change the fact that God is still reigning supreme. We have to get in our mind, even with politics, who's in office? Who's the president? Who's this? Who's that? That don't even matter because God reigns supreme. He's control over every situation that it is. I believe it. I believe it in my heart. I believe it in my spirit. So no matter what come my way, I will stand and walk in the presence of the Lord and be free. For I know in my spirit who the Son has set free, he is free indeed. So I'm not going to wrap my mind around who's over this and who's over that. For I know it just for a little while, God is over everything. And he rules over everything. He is a sovereign God. There is none that comes before him. There is none after him. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, period. There's nothing else to be said. And King Nebuchadnezzar found that out. You are who you say you are. See, I believe in King Nebuchadnezzar's testimony because I have a testimony just the same. You see, when you had that spirit of abandonment, and rejection, you say, man, bump the world. I can do all this stuff by myself because I don't want the hurt. I don't want the pain. And then don't let you get put in ministry where you got to go out and heal other people, talk to other people. Oh, Lord, forbid that. I'm not getting close to you because I know you're going to hurt me, so let me do all this stuff on my own. I used to say, when people ask me about my story, about my testimony, I used to say, I raised myself. And I found out that's a total lie. That even though in Jeremiah, God said, I knew you was in the womb. I know he was talking to Jeremiah, but I can't help but to reflect, God, you knew me too. And you set me apart to be different. Did I know that God, even though my situation was the way that it is, you still had your hands on me. I can relate to that in this story, in this text, because Daniel was a young man. He didn't have no control of what's going on around in his oikos or his universe or his environment. He didn't know. He just had to go along with the times and had to trust in God. When a king come over, you don't know what's going on. Matter of fact, he wiped out everything just so he can say, I conquered everything. I know without a shadow of a doubt, God is in control and he's still reigning right now. 
He's reigning in my life. He's reigning in your life. Even if you won't even want to accept him. He's still God supreme. And I'm trying to get to a level. I don't know about you. But I'm trying to get to a level where I have a Job spirit. That you can attack me any way, shape, form, or fashion. You can wipe me out. But I will now denounce who you are. I don't know about y'all, but I'm trying to get a Job spirit. That no matter what come my way, God, you are still reigning supreme. You are still in control. So I can identify with King Nebuchadnezzar. I can identify with it, Lord. I know I have conquered, did all these things, but I didn't do it without you. You was with me the whole time. You raised me to be strong and mighty. I'm representation of you. Let us keep going. Verse 18. The dream, and he's talking to Daniel. The dream I never, never saw, and you, O Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able for the spirit of the holy God is, is in you. Daniel is now going to interpret the second dream. I don't know about y'all, I might be scared to keep going to sleep. Because <laughs> I'm getting these dreams, man, and I, it's something about these dreams, man. I don't want to go to sleep. I'm like, Freddy, Freddy, I don't want to go to sleep. Freddy Krueger, I don't want to go to sleep. <laughs> and in verse 19, let's move forward along in this story. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream which grew, no, may the dream be for those who hate you and his interpretation for your enemies. The tree you saw which grew and became strong so that the top reached to heaven and it was visible to the end of the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all on the which beasts and beasts of the field found shade, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens live. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness is grown and reaches to heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. Look at that. And because of because the king saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it. But leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze and the tender grass of the field and let him be wet with dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods, which is like seven years, of his time, of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the King, that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet with dew of heaven. And seven periods of time shall pass over you, till you know the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives to whom he will. Being separate from God. It's like being a beast in the fields. There is a scripture that says about Satan, he is like a roaring lion 
going to and fro to see who he may devour. That scripture reminds me of like the National Geographic. Yeah. Have you ever seen that the Impala or maybe that wildebeest that I know you see this high grass, man. I know you don't see this high grass 10, 1,100 times and you still going to the high grass you know a lion might be in there. Why do you let your hunger <laughs> go to them tall grass? I don't understand that. You, you don't did that like 500 times, you still go to the grass. Have y'all ever heard, I'm just trying to check y'all, y'all education. Have y'all ever heard of the Great Migration? The crocodiles, you see that river, you know, and then wildebeest come through the river. Why every time they gotta go through that river? Why, you gotta go there, you know a crocodile is right there. You know it, but guess what? Y'all might be laughing, no shame and pun intended, but we do the same thing. We do the same thing. You know, that's all I won't be talking to nobody. Think I'm talking about. You know that stove hot. You know that stove hot. You won't be burnt before, and you still go to the stove. They ain't just for kids. That's for y'all adults too. Amen. Out, holler. I know. 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 Get back. Back to it. Okay. Being separate from God is like a beast. I haven't learned this lesson. He just in the field, just going off his instincts. I'm thirsty. Well, I'm going to drink. I don't care what's around me. No danger. I'm drinking. I'm going to eat grass. I'm going to eat. I don't care what's around me. Take me. No, man. No, 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 no. We can't be like that. And Lord forbid that I have a mind like that. So as we go to verse 26. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that, they, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. Second point I want to make, we must be open to correction. We got to be open to correction, y'all. Simple as that. 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 16 says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Which is totally different from John 3, 16 and 17. And it reads, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We have a good father. We serve a good father. A father, speaking for me, that will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you for saving us. 
Thank you for redeeming us. And that's why I have in my spirit, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, and an amen. You see, we praise God, and I thought y'all would get on the praise train with me. We praise God, and just as I said before, a little time passed by, and we go right back to our old ways. We go right back to the fact, woe is me. I didn't have my parents in my life. My bills are high. They're going to come repo my car. I don't know if y'all might have that spirit, but I had that spirit before. Depression kicked in. I don't want to live. God, I where you at? That is not our spirit. That is not how it should be. Like we totally, totally forget. Just like King Nebuchadnezzar. He totally forgot what all the things God had showed him, the signs and the wonders. Can I just talk to your spirit right quick, like? Every time you look in the mirror, you should see a sign of a miracle. Every time you look in the mirror, you should be praising and thanking God. Every single time you wake up, you said, man, look at God. Where he brought me from. Look at God on what he did for me. Look at God. Man, I can trust God because when I listen to him, look at how he turned out in my life. But oh, we go right back to it once we leave that mirror. Back to the same old thing. And here you go, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. Remember, he told him you need to repent. Stop treating your people wrong. Stop oppressing them. Stop doing all of that. And look how good God is. 12 months happened in order for him to get his house in order. And guess what this joker did? Let's read. Let's go back to the text. 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon.
it all the time because I live by it. Romans 8 and 28. You see, God is doing two things in your life. He's either confirming some things in your life or revealing some things in your life. And through this scripture, I have, it has been revealed to me. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things are working together for good. Those who are called according to the purpose. Let me tell you something. That no matter what you're going through, it's working together for your good. It's working for you. So there's no need for you to hang, hang your head down low. There's no need for you to doubt and wonder, God, what do you see me through? It is, yes, he will see you through. I know that it's work, like it says in Galatians 6, 79.